This is Radio Stockdale. Welcome back to Radio Stockdale, and I'm joined by Professor Doug Rao as we talk about the second episode of The Switchman from Stockdale Interactive. Again, shameless plug from the start. You can play all of these scenarios at www.stockdaleinteractive.com. Doug, let me bring you into this. Last time, you did a great job in actually talking about that scenario, which really is a takeoff on Philippe of Foot from 1967, right? Yes, that is right. So I thank you very much for bringing me back because, you know, Michael, this is this is a scenario that we talk about regularly and it gives me pause on a regular basis just to think, what would I do and what sort of a situation is this switch man really in? And, and, and that's the key in this episode because we're talking about the switch man, he or she, him or her. And we're really talking about the, the, the moral deliberation part of that. How does that play in here? Well, it's, if I could, I, I gave this uh, example in class the other day. And the, as it came up, the students said, oh, it's very easy. This is what you should do. You should try and help those people. And I say, why? Why do you have to do that? And as we talk about moral deliberation, you always start with the sense you have an obligation to everybody to treat them with dignity and respect. And so I see this switchman as a moral character who is trying to do the very best in a tough moral dilemma. And so as he sees, I'll say he, as he sees these four individuals on the track, he has this sense of this moral duty that he should try and help them. He sees them in danger. He knows that they need help. He sees it his responsibility, his duty. And that's deontological uh, reasoning is you have this duty to do what is right. And the right thing to do is to help people who are in need. And so what does he do? He waves his hands. They can't see him. He shouts to them. They can't hear him. He sees a switch that will move the, the train away from the track where the four people are. And so for those four people, he has this sense of duty that he should, is required to, hit that switch to save them. And uh, cons- the problem is that when he looks down the t- other track and he sees this one person, he has the same sense of responsibility to that one person on the other track. They have the right to not be injured. They have the sense that we should treat them with dignity and respect. And so the right thing to do for that one person is not hit the switch to protect them. And that's where you have this dilemma for the switchman. Wants to do the right thing, but the right thing for the four and the right thing for the one cannot be done at the same time. So he has a dilemma and he needs some other tool, some other logic, some other uh, insight in order to make the decision on what he should do. Now, that's the nice thing about the scenario or going all the way back to the case study, because these are tools. One of the things we're teaching here is giving the midshipmen, giving students the tools so that if they ever get into a scenario or a simulation like this, they can kind of reach into the toolkit. Is there a name for this tool? It's been uh, developed and talked about in our classes, and we do. We call it a moral deliberation roadmap. 
And in this moral deliberation roadmap, there's there's four parts of this that we talk about. And it's and it's a logical sense to work yourself through a moral dilemma. The, the first is that you want to treat everybody with dignity and respect. And so for those four people, treat them with dignity and respect and 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 preserve their rights to not be harmed. Move the switch. When you think of that other one person, you want to treat them with dignity and respect. That's a constraint that you have. And, and part of a rule that you would have is you don't intentionally hurt people who haven't done something, some forfeited something, and they have that right to not be injured. And so the right thing to do is to not move the switch. So you have this dilemma. The constraints are conflicting. You need some other tool in order to make a decision. And in this deliberation, you go from the constraints to the consequences. So now you figure, okay, what is... What are the, the consequences in this and how can I measure this in order to help me make a decision? And this is consequential reasoning, teleological analysis. And if you follow the, the rules of uh, Jeremy Bentham and, and John Stuart Mill, it's what brings the greatest happiness. It's, good, it's the greatest happiness principle. And in this scenario, you don't have a lot of time to consider. You don't know who the people are. But when you try and say, all right, greatest happiness, well, if I can save four and one is hurt, that probably makes a consequential reasoning on why I should move the switch. The, you don't have a lot of time in this particular scenario, the way it's constructed. And so you don't know the individuals who are the four individuals. You don't know their family, their friends, and their future. The one person, you don't know their family and friends and future. And so it's it drives you quickly to say four versus one, I'll move the switch. And as they have done this study over and over again internationally, about 80% of the people given this first scenario would say the right thing to do is to move the switch, injure, kill the one in order to save the four. But you said, you said greatest happiness happiness to who those four that one or to the switchman well when you consider the philosophy of john stuart mill and jeremy bentham this is where this particular problem becomes a little bit different because you are concerned about everybody's well-being everybody's happiness and you as an individual of making a decision you only count as one they would say you can't make any special exceptions just for you you need to consider the second, third, fourth degree impacts on, on these people. So when I say family, friends, and future, these four people, they have family, they have friends. What you don't know at all is what does their future look like? In the long run, what will be their impact on society? And you only have a very short time in this scenario in order to do this. So you don't, can't answer all of those questions. And Bentham would say, once you have done the calculus that you can do, you are obligated in order to do, make the decision which gives the greatest happiness for the greatest number of people for as best as you can calculate that. Okay. Now, now you used an important word. You're obligated, right? You're obligated. What if you don't carry out that obligation? What, what is that called? Oh, boy. If you don't care, carry out the obligation... Well, then you are being, in a sense, you're being personally immoral. Uh, you know, when we talk about this 
what are the options in this? I've often thought about this. The immoral person would say in this scenario, well, this is good. Those people deserve to be hurt. They should be, they should be taken out. Or let's put all everybody on the same track so the train can get them. The amoral person would say, well, I, I just don't care. Uh, this doesn't affect me. This isn't my decision. And yet you have the moral person who's trying to do the right thing. The problem is he can't do the right thing for both these groups at the same time. Let me break that down again. So amoral means something in your heart, something in your brain, maybe. It's 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 not that you're going to pull the switch or not pull the switch. Tell me that again. What's amoral? Well, the amoral is that I don't feel any moral obligation at all here in this scenario. I see people who are in harm's way. I don't have any consideration. That. It doesn't affect me. I, there's no role that I should play. And again, as we have talked about this in a particular class, I've asked, why is the switchman concerned at all? Because the switchman is a moral person that sees someone in trouble and knows that he has a responsibility to try and help them. So he waves, he yells, he considers moving the switch in order to help those people. The amoral person would say, this isn't my responsibility. I have no role here. There's nothing that I should do or be concerned about. Then let me touch on this last thing. The immoral person, I'm assuming, if I understand you right, Professor, won't even wave his hands or or yell because they want something to happen? I think that would be kind of it, that they would see that as uh, it's those people deserve it. And they, and I, I don't, I don't have any responsibility. Yes, but this is the right thing that should happen. They should be hurt. And I, I don't think that's where we want uh, people to think about this problem either. Okay. Now this is complex. Wow. Is that enough information you need to make a decision? Well, not always. And I, what I appreciate in the scenarios that you presented, you present additional, uh, things into the scenarios that make it even more complicated. When we talk about the moral deliberation roadmap, we're talking about you start with the constraints. What are those things that you know owe to all people at all times? Dignity and respect. If that, if you can't resolve it with that, well then consider the consequences. And there are tools in order to figure out the, the consequences, utilitarian reasoning that would bring the greatest happiness to the greatest number of people. But we also know in moral deliberation, there are special obligations that we might have, special obligations to the team, to the family, to my unit. Because of these circumstances, I have a unique obligation to my oath of office or some of the things that's going to influence the, the decision that I need to make. And you outline some of those or you present some of those in the scenarios you've got with the, the switchman. And so that could influence you where you could take a scenario that is clearly at the beginning it is prohibited, but when you consider the consequences, it might be permitted, but because of your specific role, your responsibility, your family, your friends, your future, those sorts of things, they may say, well, it is more than just permitted. It may be morally required. But the very last step that's in our moral deliberation is in ethics, the question is, what should I do? The question in character is, what will you do? And so it, as you walk through the moral deliberation, you may come to an answer that you think it's the right thing to do. The question of character, do you have the courage, do you have the character to actually do what you've determined is the right thing to do? And these are 
great things to talk about and consider. And while the fact of the, the, the scenarios that you presented are difficult, they cause us to regularly think about what could I do, what should I do, and what will I do in these scenarios. So, Professor Rao, with the special obligations of the Naval Academy, we teach constitution, mission, service, ship, shipmate, self. That's what you're talking about with these special obligations? That is certainly a part of it. You, you may have recognized that there's some things that are missing out of that that I mentioned even before. But we, we take an oath of office to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. So we start as that is our obligation, special obligation, as being someone who serves in the military. And then we, as we consider where these conflicts are between what we want to do, what our boss wants to do, what the Navy wants to do, what the mission is, we, we have to resolve those conflicts and go to the higher one. And just always remember our oath is to the support and defend the Constitution. But within the way we teach it, Constitution, mission, service, ship, shipmate, self, all of those things before us, those are really important. But what a big part of the conversation is there are other constraints that we have, special obligations we have that specifically might be family, might be faith. It might be teams that are a part of this, our lives, but are not listed in this way that we work through it. Professor Doug Rao, excellent talk about a perspective that we don't always really focus on moral deliberation and the roadmap that's taught to the midshipmen. It's really applicable outside, of course, outside of the Naval Service. But thanks for taking the time to talk about this relative to the switchmen at Radio Stockdale and StockdaleInteractive.com. Thanks, Professor Rao. Michael, thank you very much. And again, we, we look forward to having more opportunities to both talk about this and also use these tools in our classroom to generate the conversation about moral deliberation and some of the scenarios that our young men and women may see early in their careers or even later in their careers. So thank you very much. You've been listening to Radio Stockdale, a series of podcasts produced by the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership at the United States Naval Academy. You can hear more podcasts at stockdalecenter.com slash podcasts.